Hi there, this is Greg Legro. And this is Jamie Dew. Of Fully and Completely. Um, You're listening to... And welcome to Fully and Completely, the podcast where we are going to examine every single tragically hip album in chronological order. Fully and completely, we'll be going through this discography. Uh, what was going on around it when it came out? We're going to talk a little bit of uh, uh, the climate of culture in Canada at the time, some of the music of the era, sports, and all kinds of junk. My name is Greg Legro, looking at Jamie Dew. How are you? I feel so old today. You were just talking about uh, how, what year the record came out in and like 2000 um, who was the winner <laughs> and uh, our special guest today rob johannes uh, i've known you for uh, quite a few years we have been on many fun adventures together you are a, uh, a local musician a, st- a strong musician in toronto uh, a musician in vancouver you've uh, you've run for mayor uh, yeah that happened you are yeah yeah you're an exciting gentleman <laughs> and I, I appreciate your mind so I, you. i'm very excited to have you here talking about this album in particular this is pretty cool. Yeah, this I'm glad cool. we got to do this. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the you wouldn't studio. do it without me. Yeah, it was almost a different it's album. It's quite the studio. It's got a kitchen in it. This is, uh, I'm glad it's this one. I'm glad it was this record. Well, this is my favorite one. So I know, which is great. some justice. Yeah. Um, so this album came out in, uh, on June 6th. In the year 2000! <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. They love their summer releases. They like hitting right around. This is a little bit before Canada Day, but they like to do the long weekend get releases. You already, don't they? yeah, yeah, which is fucking great because mm-hmm. it's just perfect for that. So uh, wonderful. Um, we're still sitting in the Chrétien years uh, as far as our politics go, so there's literally no news to report. That was a pretty interesting year to actually be really dialed in politically to what was happening because it was almost like, well, here's this actual threat that maybe. Uh, upon us, yeah, yeah, more a more real yeah. threat, threat than uh, you know Y two K. Yeah, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that's what's happening. We we're all very worried about that. In the year two thousand, <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. uh, and you were were you in Vancouver at this time? Or? I was out west at the yeah, time. Okay, yeah. yeah, I had moved back um, from Toronto in ninety seven. Nice. So I was back out west, yeah. and I was at Simon Fraser yeah. University. It'd be interesting to get kind of because we're just a couple of Toronto fellows here, so to have a mm-hmm. more uh, Canada wide, yeah, coastal, coast to coast mm-hmm. in Canada. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, other exciting things. I, this is the the least I can talk about the CFL so far. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> I know. Which is, uh, I know no one ever says that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the CFL, the Grey Cup. <laughs> And uh, the year 2000 was the BC Lions and the Montreal Alouettes with BC winning. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was like the one year I think we yeah. won ever. And this is another. Oh, you had Doug Flutie. You had Louis Pasaglia. Yeah, there are some. Oh, and yeah, also, we do. Okay. Uh, this was the final game for Louis Pasaglia. No. It was. That's amazing. That's right. Retires after 25 seasons. That's insane. Who plays 25 years of football? No one. In Good Canada, Lord. Yeah. that's how you yeah. do. Um, and BC Lions beat the uh, Alouettes twenty-eight uh, twenty-six, and yet another team winning the Grey Cup with a losing record on the year. The eight and ten Lions beat the twelve and six Alouettes. Well, at least it was an East-West matchup. Oh, the Lions. Well, well, yeah. Well, it, yeah, sure. Yeah. It almost has to be in a way. But uh, I'll tell you what, though, uh, the Grey Cup. Maybe this isn't the least I'll talk about the Grey Cup. Oh, yeah, Louis Pasaglia. That's right. interesting. And we got a little bit more there. Uh, 
But it was a halftime show. The Guess Who? <laughs> that wasn't a question. I don't mean like Guess Who. <laughs> yeah. It was the Guess Who. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's a it? pretty good get. Because what was the... 18 years we, we ago? I mean, another I know one. it's well past their hip-making years. Troop, it's better than fucking it's Trooper. Way better than Trooper. Seriously. Glasses will not stop fogging up. Throw them away, right. man. You, I don't you, need them. You can't see this, what, what we're doing to him under the table. Yes, that's why they're fogging yeah, up. Totally. All this talk of uh, the British Columbia Lions. I feel like they're making an effort, like the, Greek, the, the CFL, like there's an effort made here to get the guess who. That's kind of like, yeah, I, I, we're going to go get, yeah. uh, they got Springsteen, so we're going to get fucking the guess who. The guess who? Well, that's all right. They went cool. and got them from Salt Spring Island. Yeah. yeah. West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where Randy Bachman is now. Yeah. I think he's been there for a very long time. I think that's pretty good. That's yeah. a good get. CFL, what do you got? Yeah, I would say so. Not yeah. bad, not it's bad. There's a real the the, the 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 stench of effort is still there. <laughs> stench of effort. <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't have gotten the hip. No, well, no. I, yeah. Did, did they ever do? Could the hip have done I the Grey Cup? Would they have? Would they? I don't know. Is that their why kind of gig? Wouldn't have. I but I don't they think they ever have. did. They so that's, interested that's in sporting events. Yeah, I don't know. We're only halfway. Raise something up though. It's our fucking. They did do the 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 the. Hockey night opener at yeah. Dundas Square sure. a couple of years back. So I went to see that. Thing, maybe. Yeah. What if they're ever approached? Well, they're hot. Sometimes yeah. you they do hockey. sing a lot about Sometimes hockey, you think though. you can't yeah. get somebody, yeah. you know? Like, I, I don't think Gord wrote any songs about Doug Flutie. Oh, you don't um, know. No. You don't know. There might have been some references to Doug Flutie there. Maybe. Putting down might be uh, yeah. an ode. Putting to, down. Yeah. To he could have been predicting the, t- uh, the take a knee movement. That's yeah. right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also in the year 2000 was the Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals. This one I won't talk very much about. Uh, New Jersey Devils beat the Dallas Stars in six games. Hail New Satan. Jersey Devils. Yeah. Dallas Stars. Yeah. Ugh. What a little vacuum of no Canadian yeah. teams in the fucking cup finals for these albums lately. That's it. I, and I think that's. Uh, I think we're done with it Like at this point. Um, I think it was 93 was the last time there was a Canadian. I was kind of happy the Devils won, though, just because the whole Satan thing. Canucks making yeah, it. Yeah, this is for Satan. Yeah. For yeah. Satan. Yeah. It's about time he got a, a cup. He <laughs> yeah, got to drink from it, you know. People don't know that cup's been to hell and back. Yeah. Um, culturally, uh, musically, 2000 is a super interesting year. Because everything that's been shifting now through the end of the 90s where mm. we get kind of all over the map. Like, well, this was great. We were when we, you know, early on in this series and talking about when these hip albums came out and what they were surrounded by, all these, like, iconic albums, and you can really feel the tone of, like, what people are into. But then by the time 2000 rolls around and the dream of the 90s has collapsed on itself... And, Absolutely. And they've blown the wrong thing out of proportion because all this stuff, they're like, well, they like this cool rock stuff. Like, you know, we, we watered down... Nirvana and Pearl Jam into Matchbox 20 and Creed oh, is like that's Jesus where we wound Christ. up with the rock music and it was like right, no you fucked up yeah <laughs> you, you stole the wrong parts um, and it was trying to be yeah you so know. music has to kick itself back into shape and then but everyone kind of at this point people have a wider palette they're listening to more things so I'll list, list off a couple of things that are going on this year that are fairly big and interesting, uh, that create an interesting uh, tapestry for what the soundscape is in 2000. Obviously, the biggest thing that happens is Kid A, Radio Oh, Ed. yeah. That's a right. good big thing. I mean, that's, it's mm-hmm. such a big thing. I mean, but it, coming on the heels of OK Computer, which was like, whoa, holy mm-hmm. shit, those guys just changed the fucking game. Then they went, nah, again. Yeah. 
and release something that was challenging, uh, unpredictable in every way, still sounds a little bit like it's from the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the way from but, the year you know, two thousand, and all the way to the bank. Like this was this was such a huge gamble. Could have gone a lot of ways, but instead, it's a critical darling. Reinvents the band another time, and then Absolutely. unshackles them from any kind of predictability <clears throat> or having to do something ever again. Yeah, uh, yep. the freedom Definitely. is there. And then on the other side, yeah, I think the most critically acclaimed album that year, other than that, was Stankonia from Outkast, which is a wildly different album, but fucking brilliant. Outkast, Stankonia, like, I know the uh, Love Below speaker box, everyone kind of lost their minds, like, holy shit, these two albums at once, and what the fuck, and that, no, 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 this, this is when Stankonia, I, this was the moment. You've mentioned this band a couple times, yeah, and uh, every time you mention it, I'm like, is this the one with Miss Jackson? I know this yes, is the is. one with Miss Jackson. This Jackson's is the one. At Bombs Over Baghdad. That's right. And this is the one that, like, made it to me, you know right, what I mean? Yeah. Well, this was not the, a hip-hop this guy This was the breakthrough, you know? Yeah, like, this uh, really, and I was the big setup, and this was the perfect landing. Just... Pitched it in nicely and yeah, yeah. Um, this is the big debut for Coldplay. Uh, wasn't that long ago? Mm. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. that parachutes. Okay, uh, so U2's return to form, as they right. will call it, the all yeah. that you can't leave behind. That's right, which was my uh, and I think I'm out uh, period with that band. <laughs> yeah, well, I, they ended up having a bit of a come to, uh, comeback for me the next year when when um, all the tragedy happened. There, mm-hmm. You know, like people really latched onto that music. Yeah. But I don't think it made it to me up until that point. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that you've got Cold, Coldplay, yeah. U2, and Radiohead all with yeah. releases mm-hmm. of varying degrees of that year. I mm-hmm. know that Kid A was a big record critically, yeah. but I wonder if it outsold Parachutes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, Parachutes, I think, was a bit of a slow burn. Maybe yeah. by 2001, because... Yeah. It got there. Yellow was such a big hit. That's right. That's what I mean. Know? But it, it, it took a while. Cause the it thing, wasn't like an instant, like, here we go. That's, you know? Yeah. And like, in the next, the rush of blood to the head was the... But Radiohead was so line. good at, at, at just taking themselves out of the game and just, yeah. like, not giving a shit, you yeah. know? Like, and creating art for art's sake. Yeah. And, and it's all mm-hmm. everyone was talking about. Absolutely. Because there was all the weird imagery going on, and that's when you got the little, the, little, the little smiley guy with the teeth. Yeah. You know, and there was all this, like, mystery to mm-hmm. it, and everyone was like, what's happening? You're yeah. so fucking yeah. exciting. It was so exciting. Because he didn't know. It wasn't just like, hey, man, they put up this great record. It was all this, what does it mean? The, they had mis- a, the mystique. Oh, they had like a, the Zeppelin f- thing. They pulled out. Enormous. Pulled they debuted it at uh, the IMAX theater. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is... Wow. Like a, for a record to come out. Mm-hmm. And I love that Coldplay was kind of coasting in going like, oh, yeah, we're going to be the biggest band in the world. And then U2 is like, hold on, kids. Yeah, yeah. And you're they just drop Beautiful Day and are just yeah, like, yeah. Uh, not quite so fast. <laughs> that was a nice assertion of, <laughs> yeah, okay, no, hold on. A <laughs> um, couple other notable ones from this year. But again, we're gonna, this is where we get a wide variety of styles happening. This is a Relationship of Command by At The Drive-In. Ooh. This is a devastating record. Oh. Just a record so good that destroyed the band. <laughs> really? It was it for them. I saw them last year, and they played a lot of stuff off this record. Well, they like, know what they still have want. it. Yeah, listen, they still the, got it. And they, you know, uh, they never lost Acrobatic it. Tenement is a fucking wonderful mm-hmm. album. And, uh, in Casino Out, great, via, great. But, I mean, this was this is a master stroke of intensity. I am And, and Iggy's on it. Jot this down. Iggy's on it. Oh, my God. Yeah. The first track... Uh, Arc Arsenal is one of the best uh, album openers I can think I of. And the yeah. I when he I heard this guy unleash his voice <laughs> on that song, I was like, "This is the most impactful screamer since Cobain." Really? Yeah. Totally. I like mm-hmm. you listen to him, huh? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've 
It, oh, oh, yeah. Over my head. I was having a really <laughs> weird relationship with music in, in the year 2000. So. so was I. I was, I was in a big transitional phase. Yeah, um, was... A couple other big, big things of note, though. Um, PJ Harvey, Stories from the City, Stories from the mm. Sea, which is one of the best rock and roll records Great. I have ever heard in my life. Um, song after song, I'm like, how do one person write this? Are you fucking kidding yeah, me? She's, so good. She's great. I, uh, I saw her open for you too. Oh, on, on, on that, all you that can't leave behind tour. Very nice. Great. She, she was is wonderful. the most wonderful. Yeah. Um, and it was just another almost perfect, uh, one of her most perfect records in a series of pretty much perfect records. Yep. Uh, figure eight, Elliot Smith. Ugh. There was everyone's uh, end of the night album. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, just hey, the end of the night. Hey guys, yeah. who wants to get sad? Let's put this on. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man, I've never been so sad. Good <laughs> lord. Um, and then, oops, I did it again. Is going on at this time period. So that's her starfish second and a hot dog flavored water Good limp Lord. biscuit is going on at this time period. That was those few years. That's, those we're, things we're like, were, what is fucking the complete happening? polarization of yeah, yeah. music and culture? It was a um, tough time. Yeah, Wu Tang's got stuff. Thing, but uh, anyway, I mean, there's uh, we're we're. Oh, going. did I see Dandy Warhol's Thirteen Tales from Urban Bohemia on that? You must have. Love Ooh, that right? uh, and we're yeah. in the midst of the big Johnny Cash comeback. Uh, mm-hmm. the, his third one with Rick Rubin, the cover stuff, Solitary Man, which is a great one. I think actually maybe my favorite of the bunch. Because um, he does wonderful Solitary Man. He does uh, Tom Petty and Won't Back Down. Oh, yeah. Which is a great uh, but the best the one on there is kind of an unknown song. Well, not unknown, but to the common music listener maybe. Uh, he does uh, I See a Darkness by Bonnie Prince Billy mm. on there, which is... I don't know which one I like better because one version does one thing I like more and blah, blah, blah. But it's a, yeah, that is a devastatingly beautiful song. And uh, Cash does a wonderful version of it. Uh, so, yeah, there's lots going on. Very and, different mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And, you know, the hip now have had what is like what you would consider a comeback almost. I would say like a bit of a renaissance, yeah. With Phantom mm-hmm. Power yep. because there yeah. was such a mixed energy from critics and fans with Trouble to Hennos, which I think has been leveled out. We all went, oh, that album's great. Oh, that album's really fun. <laughs> which I was, uh, I, yeah. you know, I talked about it on board immediately, yeah. and that's yeah. the hip I wanted. That's right. And that was, I, I, as I mentioned with uh, the last episode, Phantom Power was my first slow burn album because it was a little bit more up and straightforward, and I hmm. wanted more dark, more experimental from them because I right. was into that world. I'm like, oh, are we going back to songs? Because... I kind of like the soundscape, crazy town. Um, and uh, to lay my cards very much on the table immediately as we start to creep into talking about music at work, this is one of two albums that for this show I've had to go back to quite a bit to refresh myself because I did not spend a ton of time with this album when it came out. I was I I went down that the, this this uh, this at the drive-in was a nice release for me this year because I had gone mm-hmm. very much into the punk rock uh, world and that's kind of where I just stayed buried for like a lot of years and, and nothing else really did it for me and bright up stuff just didn't work that I was, liked music at work I listened to it then I'm like it's good it's good it's good but I think I need to be over here right now yeah I was the same I went head over heels into pavement. Yeah, and oh, then from yeah, pavement, sure. I went to the Dave Berman stuff, mm-hmm. Silver Silver Jews, and then Neutral Milk Hotel, mm-hmm. and then just a lot of like low lo-fi indie stuff from the '90s. Like I was a I was 
five or six years, seven years behind. Right. But I had spent the the tail end of the 90s just immersed in that first four or five years of the 90s. Mm-hmm. So now I had to go back and, and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and catch yeah. up. And a lot as of a result, to do. I, I, I missed this record or so I thought I did because when I put it on to, yeah. to go into heavy rotation, mm-hmm. I realized that really it's only the back half of the record that, that I wasn't familiar Super with. Super familiar the, with the, it. The who, who produced this record? Okay, so this is the second year in a row, yeah. or the second album in a row that we get Steve Berlin. Oh, uh, producing yeah. um, producing the record with the Tragic Hip and Mark Freakin again. Freakin. <laughs> this is the second record in a row that they've done completely at their home studio, the bathhouse. Right. Oh, it wasn't supposed to be though. It wasn't. They were going to record this on a train. Fuck off. They were going to convert. A, they they were in the process of buying or renting oh, a train yeah, car. They right. were going to convert into a studio, and they wanted to do the, record the whole album on a train. But then, right before it was time to go, somebody was like, and "I think it would be Faye too was loud. the guy who was who had it like lined up." And the owner of the uh, the the train car was like, it, "It's it's done. It, it's it rode its last rail, man." Uh, and they were like, Ugh. and their schedule was fucked, and they just had to go back to Bath, and that's how it goes. Really? Back to Bath. But yeah, they were going to do it on a train. That's so cool. Like, how would it would have been so different? Totally would have affected it because <laughs> if you've ever listened to music while looking out the window of a moving train, it changes <laughs> yes. your mood about everything. Yes. I can't help but wonder if, of course, now we're traveling by plane. If it's not a Canada of pain, we'll entertain the idea of train <laughs> on train overnight. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I think that song that record has now. a you lot just, to do with that. Yeah, I feel nice. like it. Paul, mm-hmm. very good. Yeah, Rob. How did you come to this record as a whole? Like, without going into the, I'm trying to think. See, I had an interesting relationship with hip because of the whole West East Canada thing. Um, Out west, we had we had a slightly different relationship with them. Um, And I noticed that when I moved out here permanently the first time, everyone was crazy about the hip. Uh, in such a way that, like, you know, we knew, like, locked in the trunk of a car and we thought they were a little weird and stuff. And that mm-hmm. was very cool. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like when I came out here, everyone was so crazy about them to the point where I kind of pulled back a bit just because sure. I was like, well, this is what everyone else is doing. So I'm not really going to go that I mean, way. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then, of course, years later. Band. I love this band. What, they're big? Fuck yeah. that band. <laughs> <laughs> and then years later, you yeah. come around to it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, we all get over that phase. When I started to just kind of binge on the catalog, um, this one really grabbed me just because of how weird and artsy it was. Mm-hmm. Like after the first song, you just get into this like ambient oddness and Tiger oh, yeah. the Line comes in and you're terrified yeah. and it never lets up. Like I feel like of most of their records, it's for me, it's like the most complete listen from start to finish because like one song flows into the next, into the next. Yeah, and like there, do there aren't really many breaks and like there's the way it's all, you know, assembled and mixed together. It's, it's like a, a very cohesive piece mm-hmm. and they get into those like out there places. Yeah. And for me, I really love the, the out there artsy experimental hip more mm-hmm. than like the classic kind of bar band, yeah. hip, which yeah. I think a lot of their like old school fans are really more into, but I loved them like, you know, especially like music work onwards, like Phantom yeah. Power was great. And that's a huge one. And I even like, we did a full album tribute to that earlier right. this year. 
but I, yeah, that's the thing that but really did it for me. But this is a jumping off point, this yeah. record, right? This kind of opened the door. This is great that you're here too for this. Almost in a way, it was like their Kid A in a sense, where they just kind of were like, you know what? We're okay. just going to do whatever the fuck we we'll want We'll unpack here, now, yeah. And yeah. We've accomplished all we're going to accomplish <laughs> with the previous version. Because you can hear elements of a lot of what came in the records following this one sure. in this album. Absolutely. In and a way that hear, I don't think you really do so in ones previously. And I feel like you hear no. little uh, farewells to the, some yeah. of the old. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I love that you're here for this episode for a couple of reasons. First, that I, because you're so passionate about this album and both myself very much so, and I think Jamie as well, is a little bit had to do some catch-up on it. Yeah. So it's great mm-hmm. that we have your strong... Uh, a relationship to it and also I as as well am a big big fan of second half career such a big thing for me was the albums that came in this period where there was no expectation anymore Yeah, and this is the hip uh, in their unshackling point because they've done Mm. they did the comeback they had the fucking phantom power we had their live album and now we do what we want to do and that's this what you're so, going to get. This and they is so it. wild for me to hear this because it's like, <laughs> I feel like that's what they did after Fully, right? They did Fully completely and then they went, fuck everything. Yeah, Day for Night, day for night. Really And, and that's why too. that's always been my favorite record. So what's mm-hmm. so wild to be sitting across from somebody right now, is it is it fair to say this is like your first favorite Tragic Layup record? Like, forget favorite record. <sighs> fully Completely was, was probably my favorite until this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. I would say. Okay. Yeah. And, then, and then you unpack based on that context mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, that becomes really an interesting look when you mm-hmm. when you start to talk about you know unshackling these expectations again like how fucked is it that this band had to do that again yeah. well if, if you, you want to keep expanding like you can't just dive into it because it doesn't really work or you can hear bands that take you know like kiss made a fucking uh rock opera thing uh, that was about like <laughs> elves and wizards and yeah. shit but they music did from it the in elder. like 1983 when everyone was like so over that yeah, music from the elder I have it on vinyl just gonna it's make insane about dragons and it's goblins nuts. <laughs> but it's so misguided and it's such a, such a leap in the wrong direction for them and they didn't do the work to get there like maybe this is a dumb metaphor but like you can't you can't draw a parallelogram without first learning how to draw a square on its own and draw mm-hmm. a triangle on its own <laughs> and you work your way to it you know they had to undress the band they had to break it down with day for night and then trouble the hen house and then take all of those skills and rebuild into something like phantom yeah. power which is a a masterwork yep mm-hmm. that's the totally. like you you do for you don't realize how tight and how hard that is to do and then this is the next unpacking like well now we have to break that apart for the next thing to do because we want we don't want to make the same record over and over oh, mm-hmm. this is Exciting. exciting. This Building is exciting. It up and tearing it down. Yes. Oh my God. So, uh, I mentioned I know guys who are in the video for Bob Cage, and I also know a, a, a fellow who's in this video. They, you know, he has the, the nice choreographed dance, everyone in their white shirts at, at, their, at their little <laughs> cubicles. My buddy Joe is one of the guys doing the dancing there. It's just, it was great. And when the video nice. came out, we're like, Joe! Oh, cool. Uh, super cool. <laughs> <clears throat> Which is so good. Like, I just, I knew a few people in like big Canadian. Uh, videos, you know, like it was fun. It was great. You see your buddy in a video, like, hey, I'm cool. about to reveal something. You ready? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the video for Navid. <laughs> really? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. <laughs> what do you uh, play in that? Uh, I was one of the oh, in the crowd, jumping up and right, down teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Did you get swallowed into Rain Mado's mouth? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I remember thinking, I remember thinking, holy fuck, this band can really play. And then I saw them yeah. like live, for real, and he couldn't. Yeah, he can do anything. But that day he. They did Dear Prudence, mm-hmm. like to entertain wow. us. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. It was great, but 
Nice. Mm-hmm. Music at work. Or I guess, hold on. Sorry. It's what? my music. My music, my music at work. work. Yeah. Yeah. The well, album we all dropped the mic. That's... I, well, because it, it is a direct... The timing when this came out, this is a direct look at or commentary on... I don't know what it is, but, you know, Gord pulled from all kinds of influences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the direct tagline of whatever easy rock... Yes. Morning radio, my music at work. That was like a thing, like they sold it with. And uh, so, yeah, that's there. And so you kind of, like, that's in your head already. When this song comes out, you're so familiar with the my music at work dumb mm-hmm. subway ad <laughs> for the station you don't listen to. So that's great. And then... Which is it's, where that video is pulling from. For sure. Right? 100%. The, the, the desks, the cubicles, yep. the phones... And then you start to, like, and it's, this song is unbelievably catchy. Just like what a hook! It the hits hook you right is, off the bat. It's, it's it's like a American Psycho, like a hook so good you don't even listen to the lyrics. It doesn't matter. Um, and then you start listening to the lyrics, and uh, everything is bleak. It's the middle of the night. You're all alone, and the dummies might be right. Holy <laughs> fuck! Take the yeah. fun, nice melody out of that, and just go. Oh no! Get Tom Waits to sing that lyric, yeah. right? Because <laughs> that is Everything things are is fucking bleak. not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not no, not okay. at all. All the things presented in this fucking song are not okay. But your music at work, the escape for me anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Gord, hard to, hard to nail down. For this, for me, it was the connection to the music that that the, that escape, that mm-hmm. one constant, that one thing, the only thing mm-hmm. to hold on to. <laughs> Oh, oh. I think the the next verse, I, I think that line is so telling of the hip in general and their whole career. And I think bands that have longevity, uh, avoid trends and cliches, don't try to be up to date. Well, right? Which is really is what they not- were doing at the time. Ah. They were, you know what? Fuck what else is going on around us. Fuck the trends and where music is going. Absolutely. This is what we do. Yeah. We're going to ignore that and just do what we do and and trust that everyone will go with us. Steady and, as you and go. And, this is, and, and that's why they continued, to, they continued to do that throughout their whole career. So it was always like... this is the year like, 2000. Yeah. The year 2000! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is the year 2000. Look at Radiohead. Look at Outkast. Look, oh, this is also the year of Eminem. This is the Eminem's yeah. blow up. So yeah. people, there's no more rules. Everyone just like, I'm going to just do... Like, if you're good, anyway, that is, and you want to stay, because all these people I just mentioned, maybe not Eminem anymore, mm-hmm. but are still culturally significant yeah. in their own way yeah. and they're all still making records that are doing well like because they did not 
bow to trends anymore because the trends were Limp Bizkit. And the pressure to, to bow to that those was very great. Limp Bizkit. <laughs> I don't know how they're... It's perfect that you do yeah. because Gord puts the emphasis in a weird place too with that the next lyric and when the sunlight hits the olive oil, don't hesitate. The way he says olive oil, like mm-hmm. he just sticks that yeah. and lands so perfectly. Yeah. It's like everybody in the audience has got tens in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. That was one thing that I really noticed. Um, not to take back to Phantom Power too much because I know you, you've already done that, but um, myself and a bunch of musicians did a full album tribute to Phantom Power earlier this year under the name The Fabulously Rich. And to really study Gord's phrasing uh, was quite the exercise it's in terms of and how he how, where he emphasizes the words and what syllables he'll hold. Like he's one of the few people that will actually we usually hold vowels right. when we speak. Mm-hmm. He'll hold consonants. Mm-hmm. You know, thought I maybe quit. Like he'll hold the N oh, yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of the I. And uh, the way that words will be cut up in places where you won't expect them to be cut up, and like that mm-hmm. for me really is the genius of how he does yeah. what he does. It's completely unique. Um, let alone that, I mean, all the stuff of, of of the rants live and how he actually. There's no off moment. Right. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do as a singer. It wasn't the challenge of the vocal part. It was like, you're basically a jazz improvisationist. Mm-hmm. And it's not the moments where you're not singing. It's not where you step back and let the band do their yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. no, you got to be uh, on yeah, yeah. all the time. And, and it, it was so fun. I mean, it was the most entertaining, fun, challenging, and like educational thing I've had to do. And I think that's one thing that gets missed in a lot of um, tribute acts to the hip is they don't bring that element in. And I can see why, because it's really fucking hard. You know, we don't know much about Gorders, I think is what makes him so interesting. Yes. It's that mystery that's yeah. there. Well, yeah. Um, and all that comes out in the performance. And but. there's contrast and there's all this again. This song is so like a huge radio hit, but there there are it's huge. There are dark and uh, sobering messages and thoughts here, yeah. you know. Uh, but boy, is it fucking! It's like a celebration. I love this song. Yeah, me and too. I the background vocals. I think this will be a theme throughout the whole album. But I think this is one of the strongest hip albums as far as background vocals go. Yeah. Like Paul is on fire. Yeah, yeah. With all those counter melodies, he's going into like yeah. Mike Mills REM territory. Oh, like I, man, I made that same contrast yeah. uh, episodes ago. Ah. You're, you're very good. So good. Yeah, he's really in the <laughs> yeah. zone on this one. Yeah. So ah, uh, too. we have this big banger to open this record. Mm-hmm. And then the gear shift. Oh, which is, do they ever? <laughs> which is uh, which is significant for a lot of reasons. When you have that line the, that you mentioned, Rob, about not following the trends, and then you go into this track, which shares a lot with other things that have happened with this band. Uh, but I think the most significant for me is uh, John Cage, who is clearly referenced in this yeah. song. And we're talking about Tiger the Lion here. This is Tiger the Lion. Give me the knuckles of Frisco If there's danger in the language, gentlemen I suggest no further use of the two-way radio
what's significant here in that and the line from my music at work is John Cage was frequently referenced in the works of Hugh McClellan. Yes. And I mm. I still feel okay. so strongly that courage and those lyrics and the, the look at Hugh McClellan, who is known for changing gears and what he was producing as a writer and hmm. deciding to write about his surroundings and his people in his country and tell those stories and those myths. And I felt like that was a mission statement from Gord to open fully completely. Like, this is what I do now. So here we are uh, about a decade later. Not quite. But Pretty close. We roll in with the, some John Cage, which is examining art now. That's right. Uh, and the, the, I think with Doing that line. Doing fucked up things in, with art. Right. Very fucking oh, yeah. weird stuff. A lot of experimental stuff. That line, the, the bucking the trends. And then we move right into a John Cage reference, which directly cor- correlates with Hugh McClellan. I think this is mission statement two. I was going to say, it, it's. I feel like this song is a mission statement. Yes. Uh, John Cage had come to feel that art in our time was far less important than our daily lives, to which many had become inclined. The purpose of it's not unique, not to build masterpieces for a delictative elite, simply to wake to your life. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like talking about accessibility of art and the fact that that lecture that he is referencing of John Cage happened in Mm -hmm. 1961. So that Mm -hmm. was when pop art was really starting to come through that it wasn't about, you know, the art in the gallery, which was this very male thing of this male elite of artists who, mm. you know, you went out of your way and they were different from the rest of us. Um, it, it was, was a Warhol coming in age, saying yeah. that, hey, the things that you see every day are actually art mm-hmm. and the repetition of those images uh, is what actually makes them art. And that's mm-hmm. how those things stick in your head. So it was like this pop um, crossover and uh, it becomes like the art of living is in itself a form of art. Yeah. So, you know, like it was, yeah, it was really fascinating. Wake that, up to your life. Yeah. yeah. So it was really very cool that that came in. I mean, mm-hmm. let alone the fact that once that, another thing I like about this record is the use of electronic loops and acoustic instruments coming together with like mm-hmm. those human electronic elements. Oh, yeah. I think they utilize that very well throughout. And this is the first taste of that when that, I don't even know how they created that sound that hits at the beginning of yeah, Tiger the Line, but that's really fucking kind of unsettling and uncomfortable. Yeah. And I got to see them do this song live, actually. I was so happy when that happened. Mm-hmm. They did a four-night stand in Vancouver at the Commodore, which is very, very world-famous um, venue. It seats about 900 people. Wonderful. Uh, this was to launch World Container. So it was like a very wow. special thing, VIP mm-hmm. kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I managed to actually get in for one of the shows. Uh, got up front and center, so Gordon like sweated over me the whole night. I was just <laughs> oh, getting wow. sweat on the whole time. And uh, they walked out, Encore, first song on the Encore was Tiger, Tiger the Lion. Lion. And I just shat myself. I couldn't believe that they were actually doing it live. And yeah, that's, it's huge. It and this, like It has these like metal chord structures, and it's so heavy. And, and oh, it's so, this is, like, it's the so most- for his persona on stage something like this that that is so menacing and like where, scary where, you know, like, <laughs> give me the knuckles of frisco like yes he oh. can really like just stare in you with that and then it is yeah. it it is a dense and heavy weighted song but then and i think this is kind of spills over this whole album too and the whole notion of everything kind of sliding mm-hmm. together in this album the guitar solo in this album is straight oh. up david gilmore that, is a, fucking, the, the, that is a pink floyd guitar solo it is so it, beautiful it's gorgeous yeah oh, uh God. very textured and again this goes back to 
us talking about Bobby Baker not getting his Rob Baker, no. sorry, yeah, yeah, not getting his due as no. like a as like a guitar icon. So there's of thing, a few right? parts like on this million. album where he just yeah, constant change. constant change. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. I was listening to it tonight and. Uh, I wrote a little note to myself, like that outro solo is oh, no, is devastating. is great. But I did not think David Gilmore. But as soon as you said it, hmm. it's fucking hmm. David Gilmore. Oh yeah, this is their Floyd jam? Wow. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you're right. Actually, so good. Interesting. So good. Um, and David Bowie talked about you know when when the means of creating art become accessible to everyone, mm-hmm. then the value of art um, becomes uh, threatened. You right. know, because collectors, then it's out of the hands of collectors, and right. that whole industry becomes an issue. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of like layers going on here. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is. I mean, I like, we'll, th- I like him this saying is one of my favorite hip songs. To I like him saying um, uh, again. It's sort of a refrain coming back to the John Cage stuff. Uh, and there's a sign, and there's a sign of life in this play, not to get order from chaos. Mm-hmm. Tell you how to create. Hmm. but simply to wait to your life. And then the next line that's not in italics, that's not like paraphrased from the uh, off the wall book is you'll be serving the song. Mm-hmm. Serving and the song. Think, serving the song. Yeah. It's like, that's what we, I don't know about other musicians, but that's what, that's like my mantra in any band that I work with mm-hmm. is like, we're serving the song here. That's, that's what we do. Like, does it make, yeah. Does we it, are just, you know, uh, vessels, what's the word? Of, yeah. Uh, vessels are, uh, th- there's an actual word. Conduits. In, uh, conduits. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, a lot it's, of it's something to do with like automatic writing, but you, you're just kind of a passage for the the song to, to pass cool. through. You know, yeah, in a way. which is a- how the Pina Colada <laughs> song was written. <laughs> Escape, right? I mean, that is that's the human condition. <laughs> nice. <laughs> serve the song. Serve serve the song, Pina Coladas. Serve the song on a tray, and then lovely little story. Oh, it was the, uh, the whole time. <laughs> No, no, that's Lucky. nice. That's about, nice, you two kids. Uh, it's gonna work out great. You just done. about wore a whole, uh, a whole spit take of red wine there. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> pretty lucky. <laughs> I'm oh, drinking San, oh, San Pellegrino, boy. by the way. Speaking of young lovers, oh, can we go to Lake Fever? That's called yeah, a segue. Go to Lake Fever. Can I just segue? Desperately, I love Lake Fever. Um, here's a great little thing. 
Did, uh, it, did you go to the hit museum? Did, did okay. you know that quote about mm, yeah? Say okay, because this is insane. Isn't this good? When I read it. I was like, what? I thought this was a cottage song. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I now I had heard a little bit about the cholera. Uh, <laughs> have you heard of the cholera? I've heard of the cholera. Great. Um, so, uh, but uh, if you have wonderment about your songs, we look for things that Gord has said about it. Now he'll change oh. too because sure. I, I love the the ambiguity of his lyrics. But this is a nice one. Gord had this to say during a Toronto show in the summer of 2006, <laughs> just before Lake of Fever. I don't know. Uh, I know you don't want to hear it, but in 1832, there was a cholera epidemic up and down the lake. Many people died where you stand tonight. And now, here's a song about two young people who don't give a shit. <laughs> Hence the, ter- the word fever. Oh, my God. Well, that's the lake fever. It's that's cholera. I mean, this was a serious bit of business. Wow. So further in that museum article, it basically, he, he says it's, there's a young couple and they're walking through the thing they're walking through the woods and the boy is nervous and he just wants to like he doesn't know what to do with this girl and he's but all he anxious. knows the story of the cholera outbreak but, in the 1830s so he starts to tell her the story right of the outbreak oh your story yes yeah. about the lake beer and she sounds just, smart and interesting and she's just like hurry 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 and he's like well I can skip to the part where I can skip to the end I can we can skip to the sex right. we can skip to the part where we just know each other perfectly we uh, can skip to the coital fury right which That's is just which wow. is oh. you've ever heard what it described that way mm. just yeah. Nail on the hammer. Yeah, it's Perfect. great. Well, and this is this is the great mixture of. So it's like he wanted to write a song about the cholera in the 1830s uh, in Algonquin area, but they pulled. I you know that's for you know writing specific songs about tragic things is that's like for Phil Collins to do in 1987. You know, <laughs> <laughs> where we moved like it's a little heavy-handed. Um, so uh, this is uh, or when, when was another day in paradise maybe 90 anyway um, that's taking it too seriously and you lose your song then isn't for you're not serving anymore. the song you're not serving the song because it's a beautiful yeah. melody and then so it's well what if it's about these kids and promises that we make to each other or that or to ourselves or how we want to see ourselves in the eyes of our lover which is what the the, the, the bridge is, is in this song and just there's yeah. uh, the, the, the want the want the want um, and so to couple that with like, well, I know this story. <laughs> so yeah. here's a here's a story about Lake Fever, but here's also young, out of control love promises, oh. which is just so wonderfully human and so great. And it's I love a writer who can comprehend making it a universal experience to Absolutely. remove yourself from it or remove the story from it, whatever you need to mm-hmm. do to make it something that people can draw upon. Because That's right. even in what we're discussing right now, we're not exactly right. And if you're a listener and this song is something else to you, then you're absolutely right in your mm-hmm. thoughts Absolutely. On it. Have at it. I remember reading that Kurt Cobain would write all of his lyrics and they would be intensely personal and then to make them better for his... This is more out of insecurity, though for production to go into the song he would take the personal part out i becomes we you become they mm-hmm. really to, yeah. to not make it such a such a exposing moment right and then it changes so, then the song becomes mysterious people draw their own conclusions right. and it's a different experience i think people. kurt it draws from a different from area michael stipe. what's that i think kurt actually got that technique from michael stipe oh i wouldn't doubt would it. do that yeah. i wouldn't doubt mm-hmm. it yeah, and they sad. were close they were yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a big big fan uh, yeah uh, so, but it's a good move. Wherever it comes from, it's something that is is, is very effective. 
when you can have multiple meanings and multiple stories and no one's better at it. No one ever has been better at it or really even done it this much than Gord. I don't think, yeah. But and, what a complicated mm-hmm. little thing this is. Yeah. And then, and then just the stuff that, the, the stuff that should be even basic to uh, a good singer songwriter, you know, of creating an illusion. Um, he does such a wonderful job because there's that part near the end, that breakdown near the end where it's, um, I want to break the hearts of everyone. Mm, yes, and then yes. it's, this I want to be the, your the, wheezing screen door. I want to be the stars Algonquin. I want to be your roaring floorboard. I want to break the hearts of everyone. Oh my God. And, and the part like, right before that and I, was something I'd actually made note of oh. that that call and answer between him and Paul. And this is another way I think yeah, Paul Paul's really shines here. on this record. Yeah. Want to be a nobody without a peer. Want to be a thought that's never done. Want to shake your faith in human nature. Want to break the hearts in everyone. Oh, it's like yeah. he's singing that underneath. And then Gord joins him. Mm-hmm. So it's so like they've become this one thing by the end of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Ah, I'm not trying to make you a believer. Don't want a little piece of your heart. It's like, yeah, yeah. No, let's get right to the point. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and now beyond Ooh. all of this, if you don't think about any of these things, this song just kicks ass. Yeah. It's so good. Even just the, the melody mel- is so good. It cooks along. It's got, it's got, it feels like a campfire song that got big. And it's still got that like sexy kind of like electronic dancey yeah. thing to it to the with drums, the drums right? going yeah. over top of it. That, yeah, yeah. I don't mean big, like it got big, yeah. like it got popular. No. I mean like it grows out of, yeah. you st- it, st- it feels like a kind of a straight up little campfire melody and, and like then, almost like a stripped down song, but then technology works into it and oh, I would production love to hear. and bigness, you know? Like, I would love to hear just an acoustic I'm version sure with, be with Paul Gord singing this song. Yeah. Wow, great. wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. When they did their um, final concert in Kingston, I was really happy that Lake Fever uh, made it onto the set list, mm. as well as um, the next song, Putting Down, actually made it on as well. Yeah. I was really happy to see those ones. Look at you. Obviously, say, as, as a champion. Segway, oh, it's catching. Something I was wondering about putting down, aside mm-hmm. from the fact that I think it has the best vocal harmonies in the chorus that any hip song Ooh, has ever had. Isn't it wonderful? Oh my god. And the, the, <laughs> the pregnant pause waiting for it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Ah, so good. Yeah. But there's there's a line where he says, document the indigenous pain and sketch the, the later part, the United State of Ricochets, where you practically kill not to be afraid. Mm. Now the Columbine shooting happened a year prior to this. So I'm wondering if that's a commentary on this culture of fear because Michael Moore had put out Bowling for Columbine and really Mm. brought out that Mm. idea of Mm -hmm. fear in the U.S. And 
the ricochet and you know how these things are coming back these chickens are coming home to roost so to speak so i wondered that because i know like gord's very subtle in how he works in the politics into his um Mm -hmm. his his poetry but yeah the views are very well pronounced when yeah. he does actually get them in there. So yeah. it's never really the only time it ever became the closest to clear. It is is on the in between it. You know that's, um, but yeah, I didn't think about it with this song at all because um, I just think of this song is like this just fucking sweet yeah. rock song. I love oh this God. chorus. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what? You've got me thinking. Yeah, you've got me thinking mm-hmm. all about that now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. There's, 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 you know, there's the line about the uh, civilization flipped its desk. Yeah. You know the rest. There is no rest. Oh, my. Mm. You know? Like, oh, shit. Right? <laughs> oh, no. Jesus Christ. Prob. Yeah. <laughs> You're taking away my I'm innocence. Guy. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I thought this was just about eggs and boobs. I, I, thought, it, I thought it was about Doug Flutie. <laughs> this isn't the Doug Flutie song. I'm putting down another gray cop in another city. <laughs> I'm not putting down another drink on the bar. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, oh. that's some heavy, heavy shit. Mm-hmm. But really, yeah, really... Uh, and there's another reference to, you know, like um, looking for a place mm. to happen. There's another reference of documenting indigenous civilizations and, you know, how far have we come. And, you know, uh. Gord was obviously a, a huge champion of that, who got the uh, greatest yes. honor at the end of his life. 100%. I'm starting, I'm starting oh, to fail to be impressed. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe putting down is the, is the beginning of that movement for him as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We can, we can look back. Cut the crap. Show us you really. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. That's a. That, so we're four songs into this record. We're four songs in, and <laughs> oh. this is a strong fucking four songs. I know, oh, man. I know when Hen House, when we did Hen House, I said up to this point, I don't know that there's a tragically hip record that starts stronger than Hen House. Yeah. It's got five Stone Cold classics mm-hmm. in a row. Mm-hmm. But do you know what? This is pretty intense. We're about to yeah. enter the fifth one right now. Let's yeah, see if yeah. it ties it up. This yeah. is Stay. Stay. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. there's a there's there's some more politics in there you're not a fighter you're a lover you got no business in here brother so stay there's all like mm-hmm. yeah you're not welcome in this part of town yeah but you're gonna take the peaceful route you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
you're going to take a knee, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to stay here. Too and bad. that elusive cadence of his, again, oh, the delivery. The, phrase, the phraseology oh. is mm. very well pronounced, I think, in the song more than... You see a light and then another mm-hmm. and everything you fought for knots uncovered. It's art. You were a great you who tried to nurture and preserve your faith in you. Like, find that inner yeah. strength, hold your ground. Uh, I think it's almost like a protest song in a way. That's the way that I've come to understand it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, you know, this was a song that I loved the melody of oh, the, so much. I barely, I, uh, I didn't spend time thinking about it because I just, I would hear this <laughs> and uh, yeah, I want someone to stay too. I know somebody I want to stay. And that I would, that's all I get. I, that's, yeah. Listen, mm-hmm. this isn't poetic uh, <laughs> analysis here. This is just. You're going right to the coital fury. I, yeah, this is the coital fury. I just, there's this thing like a longing that I Skip understand that's parts. in here that I, yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. when, when I, the, uh, the possible themes and possible subjects of this song come up, I'm like, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. But mm-hmm. I listen to the song, I'm like, yeah. nope. Because to me, it's, it's, a, it's there's a, someone in my mind that I'm like, yeah, yes, that that person just needs to stay here. Well, there's a with me. there's a desperation in his in his vocals in the in the chorus, the way he's singing it, um, like when he gets to stay and he holds that it's, stay. Yeah, uh, there's something really basal and and desperate about it. Like mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it, it's it's a, there's a longing there for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's like. You are drifting. Please stay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the balancing part at the end is like, you can almost see him with his arms out on stage. Like, yeah. I, I feel being pushed around in the wind where he's like, all things being balanced. It's about balancing. You're like, yeah. no, you're so unbalanced right now. But you want it. You just, that's all you want right now as this this person is, is drifting off. It's it's beautiful. Very, very beautiful. Yeah, I love just, it. Just a delight. Yeah. All right. So we slide into track six. Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, my, I, I love the bastard. I love the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
does the word, based on the word alone, the title, mm. I, the word bastard to me is just, yeah. it's, it was always growing up, it was that word that you could say around your parents and not get in trouble for because it's not totally bastard. a swear word, but it yeah. is, you know? <laughs> and it opens Yeah, you with, could be like, mom, dad, grandma's a real bastard. bastard. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah, like, you. it's just a good one. And it opens with doublas. Come on. Like, I, I'm mm. an Indian, and these are actually credited to Mr. Hussein. Mm. I love the, the mystery oh, of whoever nice. this Mr. Yeah, yeah, Hussein yeah. is. So I, I get a little excited when I hear Dublas opening up a rock song mm. and then the, the band just kicks in and ah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about that instrument. The tablas? It's like yeah. it's like those Indian drums that you hear oh, wow. like the guys okay, in cool. the turbans uh, cool, cool, cool. sitting down going, ah, you know, like yeah. there. <laughs> those are the drums that they play. Give, so, us, give and, us another one of those. <laughs> 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 I got to actually do those a little bit when we did a Buckley uh, tribute earlier this okay. year because he yeah, likes you, to do you, that. You stuff. put yourself yeah. through the ringer uh, <laughs> doing the tribute. I, I, uh, you know, for me, I give this song a gold star. I uh, fucking really, really like this song, and and to me, yeah, this is this so far. This is I don't understand why this record is sort of maligned the way it is uh, yeah. more thought of in, in no, the past because it's this is strong this is strong. out of the gate strong yeah. you are around in the corner you've got some really cool shit going on in here then you turn it to all Billy Sunday. Well, that's shouting, cool, right? When he starts talking about Billy Sunday, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. a, look, and listen, if you don't know what that is, look up Billy Sunday, because that shit's crazy. Tell me who Billy Sunday is. Oh, Billy Sunday was a baseball player. I thought Billy Sunday. He was Sunday. a fucking amazing baseball player. Wow. And he, but he was a, in the time period of like, uh, people didn't move around, like no one played for two teams. He played for like three or four teams. I don't remember. Back in the... But because he was a fucking booze hound, skirt chasing, out of control baseball player in the well, late 1800s. Such a nice name like Billy Sunday. Yeah, 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 with the name yeah. Billy Sunday. That's sounds, great. Sounds like, he sounds fictional. A, a yeah. drunkard, uh, womanizing, superior baseball player in the late wow. 1800s. I just assumed that it was like... Um, Billy Graham. Or well, I'm not like done that. though. I know okay, you would okay. think that, right? So he's this like intense uh, alcoholic uh, womanizer, all star baseball player, but keeps moving moving teams because he's getting arrested all the time. <laughs> uh, and he did play for Philadelphia, or well, yeah, I'm not sure if he actually played for Philadelphia. All I know for sure is Philadelphia offered him a heck load of money to play for them, but he didn't because somewhere along the way he found the Lord. Oh, really? And Billy Sunday became one hell of a traveling preacher. So he was a road preacher who was known for wow. explosive performances. Wow. And very bizarre physicality during his performances. And he was offered a lot of money uh, to play ball for Philadelphia, but he wanted <laughs> to keep with his $85 a month. Uh, preacher fee. And then he got offered like a crazy amount of money from another team. I can't remember who. Uh, uh, and he's still no. Wow. Yeah. Um, so like, that's a, like, that's, uh, this is the only band in the world with, uh, you know, with these many crazy, like the only band that has more references that you have to go yeah. look up is the mm-hmm. Beastie Boys. Uh, and there's right. three of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do the Beastie Boys use the word crepuscular? <laughs> I don't and do they know, drop the word caramelized I wouldn't, I wouldn't twice put it in the same record? Caramel. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't wait to get to that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just neat as shit, isn't it? Yeah. 
and changes your feeling about the middle yeah. of this song. Totally does. Like right? I had, I had my own little narrative going there. You know, Philadelphia for Christ and Christ for Philadelphia. That's right. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. The Philadelphia Philadelphia IA part that's amazing kind of goes ahead to uh, in World Container when in Fly when he's going on Terriario. Oh, so yeah. again, yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. these little tricks oh, that I they're dropping that. in the future and um, breadcrumbs. He uses it's, again. It's the only band that has Easter eggs. Yeah. I love that expression. And I don't know if you'd also notice, but in all the lyrics in the liner notes, uh, it uses like the Queen spelling. So all the Zs mm-hmm. are spelt with S's. Hmm. Oh, wow. yeah. So in, in the word caramelizing, for example, it's S-I-N-G instead of Z-I-N-G. And there's a nice line in this, which is, uh, I had a bird's eye view of, of a bird's eye view. Yeah. I saw you not as you think, simply just as you. That's just like, yeah. fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see nice? through your shit and you're a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> you're the bastard. Yeah, yeah just not just bastard. a bastard. You're the the <clears throat> bastard. <laughs> and he spells the word uh, victory with a W, which I feel like has mm. some indigenous uh, reference there mm. as well. So mm. more things to continue to look up. Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of like a Rage Against the Machine record or something as well. Like you just need to like the lyrics for this are like a textbook, a history mm-hmm. book, and you need to go and look everything up and yeah. see what they all mean and what they're referencing to. And it's what did we it's do educational. before the, the internet? Like, I don't need. We, we just, went to yeah, libraries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn things or <laughs> lie. You lie so much. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, so should we move away yes, from the bastard? Please, from the, uh, one the to the next. Yeah, the this completest. Is the completest. Oh, oh, so pretty. Get the fuck out of my. <laughs> of still more talk you lured me with caramelized power you lured me in love clearly like his bare feet and dogs just trained to sniff you saw him struggle then you saw him cease his struggling you said we're halfway coming to meet us with a complete This is one of my contender songs for what's my my yeah. pull track yeah. from this album. The completest is way, way, way up there for me. And it's another one, too. I know there are things we can talk, we're going to talk about right now about possible meanings, but there's just something so simplistic in my appreciation of this song. I thought of it when I first heard it. It had this like C eighty six Smiths like jangliness to it. But when sure. I, when I was listening to it today, I was like, it kind of has like the birds Bob Dylan to it. The mm-hmm. way there's like all these lyrics crammed into it, and there's this warmth of this organ underneath it, and yeah. uh, you just feel warm as you listen to it. It's uh, definitely a summer track, almost in a way. Like I, one thing that actually when the hip really connected for me was one of my trips out here when I was living out West and I came out here for the summer, I went to see some friends and we were just catching up on old times and everything. And then I was driving home on my own along the 401 late at night. And, uh, the only album that I had in the car with me was, um, uh, your favorites. I got the box set and I just had that cranking and I was bowling on the 401 by myself with the hip playing. I was like, okay, this all makes sense to me. Like, you know, it was one of those moments like, okay, that was when I really fully, you know, and completely for Mm -hmm. better reference became a hip fan. I was like, okay, I really emotionally was like, okay, this all makes sense to me now. And this was one of those songs, I think that really fits that kind of vibe as well. Like, you're just cruising along, 
on a summer day in uh, in Canada, maybe across the prairies or something. But not to interject too much of my own meaning. No, no, that, no listen, that's, that's, that's what this is about. Is. <laughs> and those harmonies, like, yeah, this is another like. I think Paul really gets a gold star for his harmonies mm-hmm. and his work on this particular album. Uh, you lured me with talk of still more talk. Oh, caramelizing power. <laughs> you said we're halfway. Come and meet us. Yeah, we're the completest. Intimate, inaccurate in a family way. <laughs> Come on now. Oh boy, we all have families. Like and that. I love, uh, <laughs> I love doubling down on a word uh, in the right yeah. kind of way. And there's uh, nothing quite as good as. Uh, uh, you saw him struggle, and then you see saw him to s- cease his struggle in, and again struggle in. Holds on to those consonants. That's how Gord and makes that's just those so words. great. It's fun. It's fun to take mm. the language, and it, I can't remember who said it, but it was it might have been Eddie Vedder or someone. They were talking about singers like Joey Ramone and such, and how like it was the way that they phrased the words, yeah, and the way that they played with the language yeah. that was what made them so unique, sure, and what what drew us to them. And I think Gordon well, absolutely ten percent what you say, ninety percent how you say it, yeah. right? That's the hmm. mm-hmm. and yeah. There, there's nice. I, I, again, he's saying. Well, he's saying. It sounds like he's saying ten percent of something, but there's ninety percent going on behind it, and then the 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 delivery is so enormous. There's nothing quite like it with yeah. him. Yeah, what a, what a treat! Oh, yeah, yeah. And this song, this just, this just uh, kind of hits all the right spots for me. <laughs> all of them. Um, yeah, this song, we, it's so an beautiful. enigma for me that mm-hmm. that song, but it's a wonderful enigma. Yeah, just, just, yeah I just, uh, I'll just always listen to that. Track number eight, Freak Turbulence. The- Freak turbulence. I just, I just think, geez, like, but he draws it out in such a great way. Satan backhands our noses and chins. Uh, just then, the captain says, "I mean, the whole part where he's describing the plane going down. Like, I actually feel like I'm in a plane when it's going down at the time, mm-hmm. and the wings, you know, talk to the uh, the tail fins that this is freak turbulence." And did the captain say he'll just he'll get us down in twenty minutes, five minutes or less? Like, uh-huh. did he just say or less or less what? We're not on time. Like you're sitting there going, "Oh my God, we're on time!" Like. Um, my flight back Will we be from- down in 20 minutes or 30 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely terrified of heights and, mm. and flying and, and all of these different things. Uh, I tried to deal with that yeah. fear by going to the CN Tower and doing the glass floor thing. Oh, that actually made me more afraid yeah, because I could really... 
take in just how high yeah. I was. Right. So now I'm even more. And they brag, oh, it's only three inches thick. Like, no. Fucking make that's it not yeah, three inches isn't much. Three inches. No, that's what I'm saying. They're bragging about it though. It's like well, when you see people jumping on it, science. Yeah. Science. I, I will purposely have like my bed is I don't have like a high bed frame. I'm like I sleep close to the ground. Right. Uh, just for all these things around heights, it's totally irrational. But yeah, no, no, it's not. There's a thing where fi- <laughs> like, I remember I was at work and I was up on the ladder, um, and I was up on a big ladder, fairly high. And as I needed to go up a little bit higher, the guy who was holding the ladder was like, "Are you afraid of heights?" And I thought about it for a second. And I said, "No, but I respect them." Ooh, <laughs> not very well. I see, because <laughs> like very I'm very nice. aware of it, and like there is like I'm pretty I'm okay up on a ladder, and I can do that kind of stuff, and I can go up into scissor lift, and I'm fine. Um, but there is a height where I think you're you know, like whatever your height threshold is, your testicles let you know <laughs> when it's too much. <laughs> Uh, I was at an apartment building downtown in Toronto, uh, near the uh, Youngin College area. There's a particularly tall apartment building, and I had gone to uh, someone's apartment to, I don't know, drink beer and smoke cigarettes. That might be where my best friend lives, actually. (laughs) And uh, I did. I just in conversation, not realizing how high we had gone up in the elevator, not thinking about how high up this apartment was, but it was either the top floor or near near to it. Uh, And I still don't know what floor I was on, but. Well above thirty, let's say, Oof. right? Oh no! Um, and I was uh, I was still a cigarette smoker at the time. We didn't smoke in this guy's apartment, but you could smoke on his balcony. So I went to walk out on his balcony. Oh yeah, no, forget and it. It was one of these balconies <laughs> that's like doesn't have a floor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it's just a straight drop to the ground. <laughs> it, the The railing, first off, it's glass, uh, right? So you don't uh, and there, but it was low. It was like it was like just around my hip height. Like just right. above my hips. Oh, now I'm no. I'm tall, but not crazy tall. But so you could, you could pivot over your hip. I could have somebody pushed. Yeah, you. the right kind of push, oh. and I'm going to go. And I and I just like was. I was thinking about my smokes, right? So I'm pulling the smokes out. I'm lighting. That's what where my focus is because I'm like, sweet Jesus, released to my cigarettes. It was a weird. I don't know. It's been seven years uh, since I quit, and it's. I can't believe I used to think like that. It's bizarre, but. Uh, and, and the smoke hits my mouth just as my hip hits the edge of this thing, and I realize how high up I am. And my testicles went, "Hey, man, <laughs> we're super high." <laughs> Suddenly, Greg has three Adam's apples. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was bonkers. And like, I was like, I, I didn't think I had a problem with heights, but I know I have a fucking problem with this. <laughs> <laughs> this song, though, this is the one where it was, we were talking about. This is a, a mission statement album again, and another undressing. But I feel like this song is a little farewell to the past because I feel like there's the guitar, the tone, the uh, the the rhythm guitar. What's going on? It's like a little. If this is going to share DNA with anything, nothing to do with the subject matter, just the tone of the song. Mm-hmm. This is. A little in the road apples, uh, yeah, up to here range. It's got yes. that fast, right? pulsing oh, thing yeah. to it. And yes, it's a little like, hey man, we'll still play these fucking songs. Yeah, Don't we can still worry. do this. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like and we're still real good at it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, if if it weren't for the melody and the lyrics, yeah. it it's absolutely at home on up to here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, completely, totally. But the way he again, like Lake Fever, decides to tell this story. Like, uh, so off the cuff. Sorry, I gotta take a leak. 
I just peed myself <laughs> out of fear of being in a plane. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 wow, that sounded so sweet like, in the cans. Yeah, actually, yeah. looks like. Yeah, I just yeah, I just love the way he tells this story. Oh, yeah. I, I love. You, I got you stuck were rhyming, in it. You the were rhyming the, yeah. the lyrics off earlier, and it's so offhand, yeah. and it just sort of falls out of his mouth. Mm. Just, well, this is a this is a nautical disaster. This yeah. is a story, yeah. and it's nautical a disaster story. in the air. Yeah, yeah, in the <laughs> well, fucking air. Right. You know, there's like, a lot of air on this record. Yeah, a lot of mm. planes, a lot of uh, bird's uh, eye views. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. interesting. Hmm. Hmm. The plane record. Yeah, the plane record. <laughs> Very nice. Um, where do we sharks? Once the water starts to get darker, like yeah, even yeah, yeah. seeing like videos that simulate oh, what it's like to go to, to reference the song, like from from the moon down to Marianne's yeah. Trench, uh, I get terrified even seeing that on sure. the screen as the water gets darker and darker. It, oh yeah, I don't but know I mean, what I'm, it is. I'm addicted to it too. I watch nothing, and if I if I'm going to watch a nature show, which I watch a lot of, yeah. my top preference is the deep and really? sharks, and I want to. Yeah, I, 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 I like. I'm terrified by it, but I'm drawn to it. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like Gord is 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 telling us that our fear is stupid in this song. I think so. He's saying sharks don't attack the Irish. It's yeah. mostly Australians. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you know, where we live in the world, there's yeah, no yeah. chance of it actually happening. Well, but, then actually, the second, but then the second verse is, help. once they're done with the Irish, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah then they're coming I to get us. I feel like See, I that you. the opening line of this song, I wouldn't be a, I would not be shocked if this was just something, like something a cab driver said to him. <laughs> yes. You know what well, I mean? Well, he does yeah. say... It I, sounds so conversational. It sounds so <laughs> like something... Like, if, if I was... I don't know. I, I picture Gord being somewhere and someone saying that and him going... Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> Write this down real quick. This is going to be sorry. Crazy. Australians was that the? Oh right, okay. <laughs> and I, I love the line. I won't send you in a cab when I can take you there myself. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, that's nice. I think more needs to be said. So for me, <laughs> I think we've got eight songs in a row. This is mm-hmm. the ninth song, and to me, I love the music of the song. I think it's yeah. very ominous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the band does a great job. But to me, this mm-hmm. is my first dud on the record. Really? Like, I think it stops. It, it loses some steam for me here, too. Yeah. Like, I like this song. Sharks I'm is fine. I'm fine with this yeah. tune, but it isn't like... Like, I will go so far as to now say that I think this record 
could have been the best 10 track mm-hmm. record they ever put out but they went they went put 14 mm-hmm. on it and yeah. that's fine oh, i don't see. have i don't have a problem with the other four songs like I, i'm not saying sharks yeah. should should uh should die but no you know. no no and i like it and i like that there are those things there and i am interested in sharks so it's fun <laughs> yeah and I, and I love just anytime i hear it i think i just i picked i try and imagine which scenario he had the conversation where someone said that to him this is a track that i, I like makes me wish that every once in a while this band would put out an instrumental you know what i mean like mm-hmm. a, like i'm thinking like yeah. um on the real thing like woodpecker yeah. over mars or whatever oh right? sure like, oh, oh nice cool this is interesting pull nice this mm. is this is just obviously mm. it's not like that but if you listen to this music if you can strip away his vocal which is really tough to do because he's yeah. cord fucking downy yeah. yeah but if you if you listen to this music it, you could still call this song sharks mm-hmm. yeah and it would work beautifully. Mm-hmm. beautifully yeah that riff like that i'm not sure if it's rob that's playing it but that that riff from the song like really takes off is yeah. fucking fantastic. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think of this song sharks and wild mountain honey. When I think of the hip songs that are like not singles, but are just like good album tracks that they yeah. have. Yeah. Those, oh, God, these are yeah. the two actually that really stand out for me the most when I'm just like, yeah, when I'm listening to a record and it's, it's not the hits that are going to come on. Those yeah. are the two that actually come to my mind the most yeah, for yeah. some reason. I'm huh. not sure more on that later. Yeah. Oh, of course. Okay. Uh, Toronto four. grandmother wow okay yeah tell us more greg i will this is a tribute to her well it's beautiful, beautiful lyric. it is beautiful. absolutely beautiful yeah um the drum machine and the band oh, comes in and good lord i love this yeah. song i mean i didn't know that for years i read that yeah. 
a while back. And it's like, oh, well, oh, no. <laughs> this would be my last track on the record. If I'm making that 10-track record, by the way, this right? is my Oh, last. you could yeah. hear this is my or, last. or this, is, this is your final song. This is my final song. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I think it's a perfect album ender. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. oh, yeah, it is. It's strong. It's got like a cure disintegration kind of structure mm, to it in yeah. terms of how oh, it's only got one verse. Yeah, no but it's beautiful. Chorus. The oh, melody is beautiful. Yeah. Like how to be yeah. a hooky without hooks. <laughs> yeah. oh, and what's that uh, go? Or endure the wonder of survival, the wipeout loss, the elation of free fall, the rock bottom, the sweet betrayal, alone, alone, hello. Like, mm. ah, well, yeah. just stab it in and turn yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. Interesting <laughs> in, in the, that this is a tribute to someone specific. Um, and as far as like that, that is a wonderful little stanza for ending. Now, the opening of this song. Oh, so nice. Ooh. But what's here's something interesting, though, that's like I, I love how honest this can be. And he can be honest as a lyricist, even if he shrouds it all in mystery. There's... Mm-hmm. Oh, there's there's a lot of reality there. Uh, did you know you were the rock plug for all of us? Did you know the in the conduit of of Vesuvius, uh, a rock plug is and it, it creates the pressure. A rock plug is what leads to an eruption. Really? Yeah. There's you know there's something to look at that. Uh, 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 but you were far more uh, far more unifying. Then you know. Yes. So now, if you have a volatile family, if you have the lava eruption family, where he's, he's able to look at his family, like maybe she was the rock plug, maybe it, it, you know, uh, uh, f- uh, family problems can be systemic, mm-hmm. and maybe communication issues can be systemic. But if the if the pressure, if 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 the alternative is them running in every direction. Uh, and maybe not being focused. Uh, there's a lot of ways to look at the rock plug. First, I when I re- realized that, I was like, well, that's interesting. Is that is that like a dig at her right off the top? But then I read the rest of the line. I'm like, it, I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. But it's such an interesting, it's just, it's a very specific metaphor. Oh, yeah. It's not like, oh, well, I'll throw this in there. There's a, a reason for it being there. And I think it's really interesting. There's a lot in it. You can take what you want from it, and you can apply it to your own family if you want to. Figure out who your rock mm. plug is, and but it's a, it's a necessary component. That pressure needs to be released, and it needs to be built somewhere, and it has to have an exit point. Because Vesuvius is Pompeii, right? Yeah. So I mean, mm. all those people frozen in time, and yeah. you know, like uh, you know, as a result of that eruption. Yeah, that's a huge like what a fucking statement. There. Yeah. <laughs> But this is no small woman. I guess not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, really interesting, though. Yeah. Anyway, it's the one to look at when you read the lyrics wow. next time. You almost had it all. Cool. Yeah, Very you almost cool. had it all. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. And I think that's a, someone who really thought about the person mm-hmm. they loved before they started writing. And that's, that's nice. Anyway. That could have been a contender for one of Gord's solo records, I think, as well. Oh, yeah. very much so. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be right at home on Gord mm-hmm. Machine Glow. Wild Mountain Honey.
big song. And this Ooh. song, this song will go under my uh, hopefully now continuing series of songs that I assume I'm not going to like based on the title before I hear them. Because <laughs> I read this title and I'm like, yeah, blah, blah, words of hippie songs, something yeah. or other. And because it means nothing. It can mean mm-hmm. nothing. And I don't even know exactly what it has to do with the song, really. Yeah. Um, but I adore this song. This is Johnny Fay's moment, I think, on the record. He slaughters on this song. Oh, my God, do I love this. And the production on those drums, they got the room mics clearly, like, next high, and he's just slaying. And Rob Baker as well. At Mm -hmm. the the end, that guitar solo. I think this is, like, the sonic peak of the record. It's the loudest that it gets, and it, it just slaughters. It slays. I, well, I love this song. I mean, oh, I love yeah. this song. So <laughs> well much. produced, but when you see it live as well, they're just so tight. Oh, you know, no, like yeah. they just mm-hmm. they hit they hit the marks every time. Diplomacy goes even better with drinks. <laughs> okay, we God agree damn. to disagree. Giving up, giving up the embassy as a whole lot better than the embassy surrendering. Like I can't fit more thoughts in my head, so don't give me any more thoughts because yeah, too oh. much going on up here. Oh my god, I've had enough. Ah, you know, like it's so amazing. Ah, yeah, brilliant song. It's huge. I think this and the next one are are almost as epic and big in terms of like the soundscape and and just wall of noise that they have really were able to create. And I quite admire that. Train overnight. to me I couldn't catch what the shape of the song was That's how I you know feel. what I mean mm. and then when it did make sense and uh, I yeah and I when I heard the story about them wanting to record the album on a train yeah I paid more attention that makes sense, to though. it uh, and yeah I love this tune and touring like I I, I look at it through the perspective of, of touring across oh, sure. Canada sure especially if you've done the grind from Vancouver through to Winnipeg, yeah, um, yeah. which I swear I will never ever do again, unless <laughs> a lot of people swear that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, generally as a Vancouver band, because you're so geographically isolated, you know, you would fly to Toronto and then tour the rest of the country um, because the drives are just way too long. And I mean, if you've seen like Hardcore Logo or something, like mm-hmm. I think that really captures just what it's like to actually tour yeah. that in a very in a very yeah, accurate yeah, yeah. way. So I kind of feel like I'm in that setting when they're doing that, and they really capture the vastness of of the prairies and what it's like uh, yes. to travel across Canada. Vastness is the right word. Yeah. And I and I feel like musically they really they really captured that the vastness in that sense. And this is another Johnny Faye song. I, I think oh, Johnny yeah. brings this one home yes, really yes, yes. really strongly. Um. I'm very excited to talk about the next song. Me too. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Bear. I was first attracted by your sin. Your heart 
Caramelized onion. Many things. Yes, we're back to caramelized onion. Oh, yay. So, now, some stuff I had heard, I've heard stories here and there about this song. Uh, it's kind of got its own little cult following, because there's a lot of things it could be. Most famously, or I guess most universally accepted, is the, uh, the bear that found its way over to... There wasn't supposed to be a bear on a deserted island. That's right. Right. Yeah. The Islander. Which, That's right. Yes. This is definitely referencing that. But I think, like many Gord stories mm. and songs, more stories here. One that came to light to me, just getting prepped up for this and reading some stuff that deals specifically with the opening verse. Because that was just like, here's this bear out here. This bear isn't supposed to be here. And that's very interesting. And that, that the song focuses on him. He's the Islander. Um, but there was another, the last, the last uh, death by bear in Algonquin Park was in 1991, or I'll take your word for it. <laughs> around there, a couple uh, was killed by this bear, and they like were discovered the bear guarding their remains because he was still working on it. Oh God! And he was like out of hibernation season. This bear, like this, this like hunger crazed bear, went after them. So when you look at these first lyrics, I was first attracted by your scent. Mm. Your heart must be a caramelized. Honey. By the time I saw your flame, your campfire, your flame. It was all over for you and what's his name. I took that line so much as like love that name. It was uh like it's like a romantic thing, right? Yeah. But you would say mm-hmm. you wouldn't say it was all over for you and what's his name. You would say it's all over with you or and what's his you. name. No, 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 no. When it's all over for you, it's You're all fucked. over for you. You're fucking dead because <laughs> I'm fucking hunting you and I'm going to eat your caramelized onion heart. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! That's some mm. savage shit. Oh, that is savage. God, bear's a real bastard. Ah, uh, yeah. I, and then you've got it. Right, the, the next three lines after that, I think it was like. Uh, then, then we move on. But, it's, but, but then we move on to our next bear, and that's great because bear—that's a bear story, and now another bear story. I think there's two bear stories. I don't think other people think it too. But I'm just hmm. sharing my information with you. But I think that's interesting. I think I cannot think about that opening line in any other way oh, no, ever I'm again. Yeah, I'm that is you. a fucking hunt. Wow. And a kill. Yeah. That's that sounds about that's right. It's the best. Oh, it's that's the awesome. best. 
Mm. Uh, a, a quick note for whoever did the uh, the artwork layout of the reissue of the LP on mm-hmm. vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you fucked up where you put the title of As I Wind Down the Pines. It's oh. right in the middle of the lyrics for the bear. Oh, that's... Because you see you've got the As I Wind Down the Pines title in quotes here yeah. down low. And the title's just shoved in up below. Oh, that's so I don't know if they did that on the CD. If anyone's got it out there, mm, can have a look. Interesting. Um, but yeah, you all done. Sometimes fuck- there's misprints and there's fuck ups. You all done. I have fucked a up. cassette tape. <laughs> I have a cassette tape of U 2s uh, fourth album, uh, The Unforgettable Fire. Mm. Uh, but like the way you pronounce that, yeah, mm. yeah. Did mm. I pronounce it funny? No, the okay. unforgettable like the fire. Okay, great. The yeah, usually fire. I say the unforgettable fire. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the unforgettable fire. That's how. Yeah, that's, that's how I've always said it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. nice. Okay. okay. Uh, but my cassette is a misprint, and it's the unforgettable fire. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> What a mess. That's how you invent a word, man. Yeah, the unforgettable fire. The unforgettable fire. So you never know. Well, yeah, anyways, that's good to get back to the bear. That's that's heavy. Yeah. It's terrifying. I think you're onto something. Terrifying. Oh, my God. I was first attracted by your scent. By the time I saw your flame, it was all over for you and what's his name. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How good is that? Yeah. Oh, it's rich and devastating. And uh, if, you, if you hadn't heard it that way before, you'll never hear it another way since. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But then, and, then uh, and he ties it all. It's all kind of married together. I'm the Islander. Woke up in the dead of spring, more hungry than anything. Mm-hmm. Islander. Islander. Mm. Oh, and then his lo- distant cousin okay. Gus shows up later. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, can't wait. Can't wait to talk about oh. Gus. Um, uh, aside from stories and uh, interesting the, the the mood and tone of this song and this creepy uh deliberately paced melody and that that ride oh. symbol carrying you maybe faster through this song that you want to go uh which is probably what you want <laughs> oh my god it's devastating it's so good yeah and this is a, this is a texture song this song reminds me honestly of like a tone like a where it doesn't sound anything like it but as far as like sliding me in with either like a riff or a but for for me it's the percussion in this song mm-hmm. that's an inescapable sort of uh earworm that pulls me into the center of the song uh, coconut cream Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Hmm. Right? There's that guitar riff in that one that just, like, guides you into this rhythm. Uh, and, and for this, it's it's it's, it's phase drums just, like, uh, pulling me along yeah. this little, like, slippery slope that feels like it doesn't change, but it does a few times. Mm-hmm. And there's these lifts and pulls, and, oh, my God, it's an exquisite little piece here. And you cannot write a song this good unless you've gone through your parallel parallelogram phase. Yeah. you you, know, you got to mm-hmm. break things that you can't. Write this effort. can't sound this effortless without all the effort coming before. And so I good, think, the bear. So yeah, good. This, this, so good. The sonic uh, palette on this album. Um, I don't think we mentioned it in the beginning, but it was mixed by Stephen Drake, uh, yeah, formerly of the Odds. odds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's an old Vancouver Fine guy band. who has no, produced a few of my friends' records oh, actually as well. And nice. he's he's a good guy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he knocked one out of the park I in mixing so, yeah. this did, record did, for did sure. A fine job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice job, Stephen. What a good band, the Odds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were great. Yeah. Um, as I wind down the pines.
Open sounding almost like a Neil Young, Crosby, Ooh, Stills, and Nash sure. kind of song with that, that guitar. Very, very, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. That, I very the, beautiful that way. Track sounds that almost way. Yeah. foreshadowing uh, some songs on We Are the Same, I feel like. It's got mm-hmm. that campfire sitting around very much acoustic so. feel oh, to very it. Nice. Yeah. Which this band is so good at doing with oh, their last song on the record. God. Yeah, they know how yeah. to wrap it up, yeah. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put a button on it. Yeah. But this is a. It's such hey, a fitting line. It's such a fitting line they put at the end. It's like the perfect coda. To play without stopping or pause, not for silence, not for applause. Oh, like yep, we're just gonna keep doing our thing, and you're gonna come with us, oh my God. whether you like it or not. <laughs> and this is, <laughs> like, and I, I love this as an as an end, and that's mm-hmm. a, what a line and yeah. this tone, this whole thing. I know it's the end when I hear it. Like yeah, okay, we had a nice little time together, album, and you know, now we're done. And I love a band that can do that and do it successfully and do it successfully mm-hmm. over and over and over like they do. is pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, usually a record with 14 songs feels long to me, but I, on yeah, this, no, one, on this I, one, I don't I don't lose it with this one because it just has that cohesion and that flow to it yeah. that uh, by the time it ends, I'm, I'm just like, okay, that was exactly what it needed to be. Yeah, I think there's twists and turns mm-hmm. at the end that, that, yeah. that slow it down for me. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. I agree. Feel, it, it doesn't feel overloaded. Maybe I would change so the order of out. side two. Mm-hmm. A bit. I think so. Uh, side one is so fucking strong. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> enormous. Um, so while we're in the heat of it, let's make it all complicated. Your one takeaway song. Oh God! You're making your mixtape to play to get somebody into the hip or make them understand it or whatever it is. Oh, those are different purposes. I know they are. But whatever it is to you, your one song, like when you, you can only have one from this album. What's the, what's the one you walk away with? So I'm dancing all over the place. Uh, yeah, it's a, this is an incredibly hard one. But I want to, I want to plant my flag. Yes, please. For this record. Yeah. On a song that just makes me feel really great. Yeah. Love the way it makes me feel. And I, and I thought it was going to be like fever. Yeah. But it's Tiger the Lion. Ah. And I think that that song is just so goddamn good. And yeah. I think I finally have my opener. I think I could use this as oh, an opener. For sure. On my, feels like on, on my mix. I almost could open this album. Yeah. If you didn't have my Fuck, music It's at so work. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's deep and it's meaningful yeah. and it's uh, uh, it's nuanced. And that guitar work is yeah, just lovely. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Tiger yeah, the Lion. And it's a little yeah. different than we've, we've heard from this band. Well, I'll tell you what then. This helps me to make my decision because <laughs> right. I was lofting quite a bit. I, I was lofting over to Lake Fever Yeah, really hard, but there's a deep cut that I just have this magic feeling about all the time. And I wait for it in the album when I'm driving around, listening to this thing, kind of waiting for it. And then when it comes, I'm like, here's my tune. So maybe it is correct. So with all the talk of those songs, I will then land with my left field choice. Uh, Wild Mountain Honey. Very nice. That song is the la- If I saw it, wow. uh, it just got a, that fucking da 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 da. Fuck off. You can't oh, beat that. Johnny. You cannot yeah. beat that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's great. That checks all these boxes for me. All right. So before we had uh, Rob come on the show, just like we did with Eric, we asked him to put together his top 10 I'm excited about tragically this. hip songs. Yes. Right. Take it away, Rob. 
I'm just going to do them in chronological order. Oh, nice. Great. Because oh, yeah. that's the easiest way yeah, to do yeah. it. It takes the stress off. So, one, 38 years old. I love you. <laughs> yeah, buddy, that's on. Two, Courage. Nice. Three, Wheat Kings. Nice. Four, Nautical Disaster. Beautiful. Five, Bob Cajun. Mm. Six, Fireworks, <laughs> which if I had to rank... That yeah. might be number one. Yeah, yeah. Seven, I Escape. I love affair with that song myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, seven, Escape is at Hand for the Traveling Man. Mm. So, oh, my God. Yeah. Deep, deep dive. Um, eight, Tiger the Lion. There you go. Nine, Lake Fever. Mm-hmm. And ten, In View. Very nice. Yeah. What a great Pick. list. Yeah. In View is devastating. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's like the perfect pop song. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the the prison songs for the hip, I think, stand out a lot for me, mm-hmm. um, just because of my history. I mean, Wheat Kings, my my mentor, Liz Elliott, who passed away in 2011, she knew David Milgard, and she worked with him in the prison system. So, oh, wow. Um, there's a lot of, uh, of history there. And uh, it's... I think there's just a connection in general. I mean, I, I live in Greektown, like we live in this area, and yeah. this was Gord's neighborhood. You'd see him walking around every day. Well, not every day, but you'd see him very often, you yeah. know, yeah. just buying oranges at, at Fruit King sub- with his kid. I was on the subway and, once, and he got on the subway. Yeah. Just, just sit. sat on the subway across me, and I just sat there like, yeah. looking at him like, Biggest rock star in Canada. doing here? My, my friends, actually. <laughs> there was a Toronto band called Five Star Trailer Park who were awesome. Um... And one of the the singer, uh, Nick Spence, he's actually a teacher at the school where um, Gord would take his kids. Mm. It's right across the street from my house. So you'd see Gord every morning just dropping his kids off. And at a parent-teacher day, he just happened to slip Gord a copy of their album. Said, hey, just, you know, you probably get this all the time. But, you know, just in case you feel like listening to this. Month later, he actually gets a phone call personally from Gord Downey saying, hey, I listened to your record. It's This is really good, man. We're playing this uh, festival um, in Sarnia. It's us, Sam Roberts. Um, how would you guys like to open? Get out. <laughs> yeah. What? This was 2009, I believe. Oh my God. Yeah, so what they got guy. to open for the hip. Just what like the... that. No, no big deal. Yeah. Oh, good. man. <laughs> it made somebody's life. Yeah. No problem. So just oh. that, that personal connection when you walk, you walk around the neighborhood and, yeah. and you just kind of, you feel that. So yeah. it was, it was really sad. Um, you know, that we lost a member of our community and it, it was great to be able to actually see their last concert live streamed at the Danforth music hall. Oh, um, you were there. I actually that? went to that one to oh, see that's it. Wonderful. Um, so it was, it was very cool because you could just feel the sense like everyone yeah. that was there kind of had this personal connection to him and we were kind of celebrating it in the neighborhood. But when he, before one of their encores, he walked off and he said, have a nice life. And that, that yeah. was waterworks. Oh, I was yeah. done. We crumbled on the floor, and, yeah. and it was over at that point. Yeah. Someone saying that in his position, knowing mm. just the gravity, and I just, I think everything, what he did was just the work of a superhero to yeah. be able to say, oh, you know yeah. what? Yeah. When you get that news to take it to that level. Yeah. And I actually got the word courage tattooed around oh, my wrist. Oh, look at that. Which was actually something that I was meaning to do for a very long time. Um, with a particular friend in California when uh, we hadn't shared an experience together. And the next time we were going to meet in California, I was going to get the word courage tattooed. But then I went through some of my own challenges and went to rehab and just you know, life uh, got a lot better for me. And mm-hmm. um, then the hip did their tour. And I was just so inspired by that, that I oh, contacted buddy. the friend and I said, how would you feel if I just went ahead and did the tattoo yeah. before we met up again? And they gave me their blessing to do uh, that. That's so, wonderful. That's no, beautiful. That. Too. It, it is a reminder. Nice. 
uh, yeah. forever of, of just that courage and that bravery. Yep. And uh, that's why it was so great to be able to do that tribute to Gord earlier this year. Yeah. And I kind of said, you know, I don't... We, yeah, I know you have video of it. Can we post it on a our video does Facebook exist. Uh, thing? I, I think the band was still deciding which parts of it we want to be okay. fully made public. Right. Um, when you, yeah. Whatever you have that's comfortable with. Uh, yeah, it will be up way. there at some point. Okay. And, I, I, and we'll post it on our little group here. I, I said boldly and hopefully without ego that mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think anyone in the city can nail the performance of Gord. Um, the way that I can, so I wanted to make sure that I got into yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> a tribute to at least pull it off. But we wanted to make sure that any tributes that we did would um, help to raise funds for the uh, for Sunnybrook and for yeah. the, the brain cancer research. So, yeah. um, not to do it as something for ourselves. So mm-hmm. Hopefully, you will hear more of us when we do that. But you know, we're all musicians creating our own things. And if anything, I think Gord's passing has given us more of a, a kick to be like, okay, you know, serve the song, create, serve yeah. the song. Yeah. and um, continue to leave leave things behind. Mm-hmm. You can imagine our embarrassment. I can imagine lots of things. This is this is days, nay weeks, weeks. after we recorded that mm-hmm. episode with mm-hmm. Rob. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the one that you're listening to right now. Right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It feels like moments for you, but for us, yeah, yeah. it's been a while. Yeah. And um, in all our hostly... Uh, we were having too good a time. I think that might have been it. I think so. Yeah. Uh, we forgot to, uh, obviously, I think Rob was having too good of a time. Yes. Because we all forgot to uh, let you know where you can find Rob. Uh, uh, and you can check out what he uh, does and why we brought him here. Um, let's role, from, uh, let's role play this. Okay. Are you? Uh, who's, I'll be, I'll be uh, you yeah. and I. Okay. you be Rob. Are you going to be both of us? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> hey, man. Hey. Uh, do you want to throw some plugs our way? I sure do. Oh, cool, Rob. Uh, uh, right on. I don't know if uh, it was mentioned. Uh, I, Rob, am the uh, lead vocalist in a uh, band called Paint. Oh, cool. I've been playing in Toronto for uh, just about 10 years, and they have a big, uh, big to do coming up here um, to celebrate their 10 year uh, archives project. So there's going to be an ebook, uh, a photo ebook documenting their relationship with Joe Mack over the years. They have a ton of. If you go to their website, let's just start with that. Go to uh, www.paintband.com. That's www.paintband.com. There's uh, a ton of uh, multimedia going on there. Rob's a really interesting guy, and he has a great eye and ear for things. The band is terrific. Um, and there, uh, there are videos, there's tons of photos. It's all really well done and really amazing. You can get a good look at an amazing Toronto band, uh, that works really hard, really, really hard with a very focused vision, which is really rare as well. So paintband.com, go check out, uh, what they've got there. You can check out the music, you can check out the images, you can watch some film. There's all kinds of stuff to see. So, um, please do that. And thanks again to Rob, uh, for understanding that we forgot to get him to plug. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. Bye. Paintband.com. Great that you're doing this. Yeah. Some, someone needed to. Yeah, we're having a nice time. Um, and more to come. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, pick up your shit. Fully and Completely is a modern superior podcast. You can find out more information about the show at www.fullyandcompletely.ca. You can tweet us at... 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 Fully Podcasts. Mm. And, of course, you can find uh, more information about our show and many other fantastic shows at www.modernsuperior.com. I came in there for that. That's awesome. (laughs)
This episode has been brought to you by the Modern Superior Podcast Network. 